There we go. That was that was so, that was. I heard your clap that time, so that was much better. Okay, good. Right. Let's let's hope that we can get into it without without crashing this time. Well, no, it was you that crashed last. Time, it was so. without 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 me crashing this time. Let's hope we I can. I have like that's my Windows. My Windows. Uh, Microsoft Surface Book has not crashed yet, whereas I'm assuming you're using a Mac, or are we? we... I am. I yeah, am. Exactly. There I just we had go. too many things open. There we go. <laughs> Why are we show... so bad at this, Cameron? <laughs> if you've got a PC or a Mac, uh, who's the better here? Yes. Yeah, so welcome back to 35 Minute Movies. Um, I'm Oase. And I'm joined, as always, by Cameron. We're back for a second episode, dude. Are we back? Is this is this what this is? Is this, is this a second yeah, episode? I, I think so. I think so. I've actually just already recorded an episode and released it. This is episode three for me, so I don't know about you, but um, yeah, sorry about that. Well, it looks like I'm behind. Yeah, well, obviously. Where were you last week? No one showed up, so I had to do it myself. I mean, look, you know, you said bi-weekly, you know, I was thinking bi-weekly. Oh, right, okay, well, there you go then. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty packed show today, I believe. We've got a lot to, yeah. a lot to do, because, you know, this is the show where every week we look at news, we look at reviews, and we look at what what's coming up in the next few weeks of film. Yeah, and this week we've got an interview with a very big star who, as well. Oh my god, who's the big star? Did we get, are they here? Are they in the call? Are they in the call? They're not in the oh, call, damn. but we do have an interview that I took with um, the big man, Simon Pegg. Oh my god, that's really exciting. You never told me that. Well, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, okay. Um, there's so much like nonsense we have to get through that we might as well just rush in here, shall we? Just get you, t- you, you do the news every week, so let's... let's um... Well, we'll start off by saying that Disney have announced, or I mean, as we were discussing earlier, reactivated plans for Tron 3 um, with Jared Leto to star. Um, and I was saying it was it's quite fitting because today, um, as, I, as I saw on their, on their Twitter, is, is the anniversary of, of Tron. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm, I like the idea of Tron a lot. It just makes me very happy as like a whole thing. And I, I just, I hope this movie gets made by it's been so long now, they've been talking about it for years. I believe there was original plans that like the game was gonna spill out of the like um the game was gonna spill out into the real world or something. Like that was But uh, they Disney are really scared of Tron in general, so I'm not sure how far this will get again. It just depends on a lot of yeah. variables. Have you have you seen those have you seen those memes that have been going around and it's like it's what I've been sleeping on uh, sorry, what I sleep on, and it's the picture of the bed, and it's like what you guys sleep on, and it's the picture of the movie. Have you have you seen that yes. meme on Twitter the last couple yeah. of days? Yeah, I mean that, but Tron Legacy, Tron, Tron Legacy, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is fantastic. Um, so I'm I I'm I'm excited for this. Jared Leto, I think, would fit well in that world. Yeah, I feel so. We'll see what happens with that because as you as you mentioned, it's been in talks before. Um, another announcement that has been made is that Jude Law is starring as Captain Hook in David Lowry's upcoming Peter Pan film. No that that's some hype news. Peter Pan and Wendy. That's some good that's some good good casting. Yeah, that's it was um I believe also in that announcement um or the rumor or whatever it was the variety article they also said that it, some people would report previously reported and I originally thought it was going to be Disney Plus but it's not. It's now a theatrical release getting a full all bells and whistles. 
yeah, it's um, I didn't actually hear that about Disney Plus, but um, I I always thought it was I always knew um, that it was going to be a theatrical. I um, I love David Lowry. I think he's probably one of my favorite contemporary directors. Go and remind me what he's done again. <laughs> so a ghost story. He did he did Pete's Dragon. Yes. He did Pete's Dragon, which was the best Disney adaptation. He did Ain't Them Body Saints, Old Man and the Gun yes. with Robert Redford. Yes. Mm-hmm. So a good choice for a Peter Pan film. And I can't wait to see Jude Law hamming it up as Captain Hook. I think that's just that's just a genius casting maneuver, I think. Yeah, and you have to be following the likes of, what is it, Christopher Walken and Hugh Jackman and... I was about to say, who was it in Pan? Yeah, it was Hugh, ja- it was Hugh Jackman in, in Pan. Oh God, what, what a dumpster fire of a movie. Uh, hopefully there'll be less uh, less musical... Well, no, I would say hope... No, there's no musical numbers in Peter Pan anyway, so there wouldn't be any musical numbers in this, I would hope. Yeah, I don't think this one's supposed to be a musical. And also, it's called Wendy and Peter Pan, is it not? Yeah, Peter Pan and Wendy. Yeah, Peter Pan and Wendy. Um, So I, I, I think it's going to be a different take on the source material hopefully just completely not off topic but like semi veering onto the side did you ever see that movie that came out this year it was like is it just called wendy or something i think i got thrashed to pieces it was about peter it was like a peter pan related story or something that came out i've heard of it i haven't seen it yeah i do know the one that you're on about um it was at sundance was it not I think so, but I just I remember it, I saw it on movies anywhere, and I just remember looking at the reviews and just seeing it got completely smashed to pieces. Yeah, but... it was it was um, Ben. Oh yeah, Ben Zetland's one. Um, it was a small film, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I think that's probably why it got buried. But yeah, no, the reviews for it aren't very good. And it was Searchlight as well, which is funny because it ended up getting distributed by Disney. <laughs> ended up getting distributed yeah, by Disney. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't see that, but I'm I'm excited for. I mean, I'm excited for anything David Lowry does. Mm-hmm. And other Dis- there was one other one other bit of Disney news as well on the on the whole um, Disney. Had there it. is yeah another another big announcement. Um, and so obviously there's been talks of Disney rebooting Pirates of the Caribbean for quite some time. Obviously, Johnny Depp's considered a little bit problematic in in the film world. Um, I think that franchise also sort of dipped with the last couple of installments, so now they're wanting to give it a fresh coat of paint. And who better to do it than Margot Robbie and Christina Hudson, who did who wrote Birds of Prey. So she's writing this, and I think Margot's so Margot's producing it, and I think she's set to star in it as well. Well, that's pretty hype. I don't. I, I like. I'm big fan of Margot Robbie. Um, I liked Birds of Prey a lot, so I can't. I can't see any issues with this, really. Um, yeah, Birds of Prey was so much fun. I can't take responsibility, but I feel like it's I've, it's been told to someone's either fan casted to me or has said something about Karen Gillan, and I feel like like why are we not casting Karen Gillan in this movie as well? Like I feel like ooh, you know ooh, what I mean as a pirate. The, the party's you... just beginning if, uh, if yeah. Karen Gillan gets in. <laughs> I get that, but like I get I get she's uh, we can we can talk about the pros and cons of Karen Gillan, but I I can, for some reason I can see her with a sword. <laughs> And a pirate hat, and it just seems like it seems like a brilliant fit. So Margot Robbie and Karen Gillan together in a movie. Would do be... you know? Do you know who I think would be a great choice to join a Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Who? Selena Gomez. Oh my god! No, look, no, we're not. No, look, look. <laughs> she Please. would clearly have fun in that role, and clearly do a good job, um, in that in that world. I think just just putting it out there, you know, just. 
chew on it. No. You know, maybe send some tweets out to Disney. No. That's all I'm saying. You know, I I think I think I think that could that could work. No. No. <laughs> oh my. Why? Why Selena Gomez? Why? I know you. I know you love her with all your heart, but like. I don't see. I don't see. I don't think it's a role that would fit her. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna have to say no. So you say why Selena Gomez, and I say why Amazon Prime, and I'll tell you why I say that, Cameron, because Amazon Prime are making a Fallout TV show, yes. and I'm saying why Amazon Prime because why? Why, why adapt? Why keep adapting video games? I don't understand it because there's uh, the, that that world in general. I feel is a is a you could go anywhere with Fallout. It's a it's a it's a great world, a great vibe, just a great tone and a great atmosphere. You could really make something pretty incredible of um, the Fallout series. You wouldn't be adapting straight like um, Tomb Raider or um, even Warcraft. I think Warcraft was based slightly on some video game narrative that was, but you wouldn't be adapting straight from a narrative that's already been created you could just drop anywhere in the u.s keep that aesthetic i suppose and the robots I yeah i i will defend this and uh to the end of days because i'm a massive fallout fan um todd howard's bound to produce he did the he did he, he's the guy that directs the games and it's also jonathan nolan in that who did westworld and i've not seen westworld but i've heard great things about at least the first two seasons of westworld so so i have seen westworld um and in fairness, you've got me there. Jo- Jonathan Nolan is very good at his world building. He's good at, you know, setting up an atmosphere and sort of plunging you into it. I just, I, I'm getting tired of this whole video games, video game adaptations, um, because I still haven't seen a good one. The only good one I, I have seen um, is Sonic, but that's not even great. And I just think the difference between playing a game and obviously watching something unfold, they're very different. And I think the translation is is hard to do well. At least I've not seen it that's, done well. That's why I argue that the idea of just using the world that Fallout has made and the brand name is better than just what Tomb Raider is. Or I understand Sonic's not, not following the narrative of, of like a Sonic the Hedgehog game. But, in but that's what Assassin's Creed did. So, Assassin's, but that's what Assassin's Creed did. Assassin's Creed, though... The issue of Assassin's Creed is that it did still rely too heavily on the video game stuff, whereas you could do a really interesting story within the world of Fallout. Whereas they just did, let's make the game, let's make a different, like let's make the games, but like let's change the story just a little bit. Like it was like, can I copy your homework? I'll just change it a little bit. Like it was like it wasn't. Like yeah, a full, I suppose. Let's you could pick a new place in America, a new, a new main character, and just run off. Like you could do it whatever you wanted. And the only issue I have is how they adapt some of the style because if it just when i think of it i just think of really bad youtube fan film fan films of these horrible costumes and stuff and it just makes me kind of it makes my skin crawl the idea of this that's the only thing i'm gonna have trouble adapting is the i is the costumes and some of the like the stuff inside the game world because it just i feel like it's gonna look really plasticky and i don't want to look like that. yeah yeah i mean I, I guess we'll find out it is still in the very very early stages um mm-hmm. I do trust Amazon in that sense. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I could have seen this at Netflix. I don't think Netflix would have Yeah, hundred percent. It, it reminds me of something of like maybe with more the tone of the boys or something like something along those lines, like a not like stupid, but like in the it, 
it reminds me of the idea like the the, the idea of the boys more of like just like that production value 100 percent. i think when it when it when it comes to their shows amazon do put a lot of money and effort into it so i mean i guess we'll see yeah i'm skeptical um i hope it's good i hope it sways me um i guess i guess we'll see I'm trying to think of a good segue into this next one. There's no good honestly, segue. Honestly, there's no good segue. I, I did quite well with the Selena Gomez segue until Fallout. But, there was um, a segue. There was a segue, <laughs> was you know. I, the why the, the Selena Gomez to the why oh. Amazon Prime. That um, was, oh, okay. I mean, this one, this next one, though, it, it excites me because... So Lee Wanell, the director of Upgrade and the, recently um, The Invisible Man, he's directing a Wolfman movie... And, and, the cherry on top, it's going to star Ryan Gosling. Yes, that sounds like a very, very fun time. Um, Take my money. I, 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 is, is, is it still, like, it's like not, like, set in stone, but it's, like, supposed to be happening, I suppose. But is it Bloomhouse as well that's doing that? Is, um... Well, so it's Bloomhouse that did it, and Jason Bloom was the one that tweeted it. Did he tweet that? Right. Right. I, I, saw, I saw him tweet something, so I oh, think nice. it's fairly set in stone that's pretty good then i the last i'd seen of it was like oh it's like nothing major yet this is just what we're hoping mm-hmm. for but like if that if he's played yeah. that out then obviously we're i mean lee did lee did such a good job with the invisible man yeah definitely um on such a, a restricted budget he made this very claustrophobic um very atmospheric horror film and then obviously ryan gosling who's just been picking great project after great project recently i think that could be a very interesting, very fun match. Yeah, or not even fun. It could be completely terrifying. We don't know. Is it going to be mean, a comedy it or could is be, it going to be a... It could be completely terrifying. It is the it is the Wolfman. Uh-huh. Um, so I feel like I feel like with the Wolfman, though, you have to sort of lean more into the silliness of that. Yeah. The, but, then, but then again... You could have said that about the Invisible Man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would have said that for the Invisible Man. Yet we have this very serious... Um, very dark gaslighting story. So yeah. who knows? I just want to know how furry they'll make the Wolfman part of him. You know, that's what I want to know. Like, is he gonna be full dog? <laughs> is he gonna be full werewolf? Is he gonna be, or is he just gonna be like Teen Wolf, where he's got like a little bit of um, a little bit of fur going on, a little bit of a snail, but he still looks like a human. That's what I want to know. Have you seen Have you seen Wizards of Waverly Place? Oh my god. No, no, hear me, out. I, hear no me out. I can deal with one Selena Gomez reference per episode. No, this, isn't, no. this isn't a Selena Gomez have, um, reference. This is a Greg Salkin um, reference. <laughs> yes, what if they make him look like Mason? Oh. <laughs> that would be good. Right, please move on to the final piece of news, which is just sadness. This is a very sad episode. It's just me making lots of <laughs> Selena Gomez references. You were like, oh, the response to the first episode was great. Everyone seemed to really enjoy it. And now you're just making, you've got too comfortable and you've just made too many Selena Gomez episodes. <laughs> and gonna be like, I know. I'm just, I'm just banking on our interview to save this. Honestly, that's, I'm, I'm banking on our interview to save this episode. Um, but yeah, the, the next bit of news, very tragically, um, last episode, we actually talked about how excited we were for cinema's <laughs> opening and for, and for Tanette. We talked about um, how excited we were for Tanette. Literally an hour after we stopped recording, Tanette got delayed. Yeah. Was it, was, it really, um, was, it that, was it that soon? Was it? Oh, my God. It was literally that evening. Um, so Tanette has been delayed from July 31st to August 12th. Um, Mulan has been delayed from July 24th to August 21st. This caused them... Um, this caused... Um, 
some audience, all of Cineworld, all of you. Um, I don't know if Showcase left as well, but like they've all moved up. They've all moved their. Uh, yeah. They were supposed to open up uh, beginning of July, and they're now all opening up at the end of July. So cinema is cancelled again for time yeah. being. Um, a couple other movies that got delayed: Candyman, um, the Nia da Costa horror film, got delayed from September to October sixteenth, and Halloween Kills got delayed to October twenty first, two thousand twenty one. Which is a smart move. I, I feel bad for Candyman, in a way, because that basically, they were like, oh, Halloween's going to make much more money than Candyman, so we'll just shove Candyman into the Halloween slot. But, like, I don't know how viable the entire, like, how much, if when cinemas are back at capacity and we've got, like, things are semi-back to normal, how many people are going to actually go and how much money's going to get made. Universal don't have a big film coming out this year now. No, they've pushed them all to 2021. Yep. And... I don't. I think. I don't think Tenet's gonna hit August twelfth either. The no, neither. Um, I think that there's gonna be further delays. Just with the way the U.S. is playing the now, no three million Florida cut flaring back up. You know, I don't know how California, and New York are doing, but if cinemas aren't open there, then there's really no no way they'll see they'll be back open. But again, like we said last episode, there are still new movies coming out, and we've got quite a lot of new movies to talk about today yeah um there's a lot of stuff coming out july 10th the the day that this episode goes up and um, the three big releases of sort of this week are the old guard the new charlize theron immortal action movie okay and scoob the warner animation scooby-doo reboot, and um ben affleck's the way back alcohol which is about about um a sort of alcoholic former basketball player trying to find redemption yep um i think it's a pretty actually i was gonna say pretty solid but two two out of three of those aren't the best things aren't the best films in the planet to me i really enjoyed the way back i have to say we'll start the way back is is it's a very strong movie very a surprisingly emotional movie yeah um which i was messaging you when i watched it um and i didn't know anything about it and i was just surprised at how how much of a sad boy movie it is it's it's the, it's the saddest of the sad boy movies um, it's just ben affleck being sad for two hours it is, and he's, he's really good he's, he's really amazing good. and he is and it's um is it gavin o'connor the guy um they team a lot of team yes. a lot um yeah ben yeah they, they did the accountant and another film yeah I can't remember the name. Yeah, so that's a good sad boy movie. Yeah, so if you're looking um, for Scoob, a good cry, go there. Scoob made me cry, um, not be- for a good reason. Um, I cried because it's the worst film I've seen this year, or one of them. Um, Can I come out in defense of Scoob? And say, no, I don't really want you to. No, I want to keep talking, so no, you can't defend it. I, I, well, I just want to say that I had a. I, I thought it was a fun time. It's not a masterpiece by any means, but I laughed a lot. They made it a superhero franchise. Who cares? That's like why Mark Wahlberg and it's played called... a superhero. It's all I. No, don't use my... don't don't play your Mark Wahlberg card with me. I'll play the Mark Wahlberg card. All I need. To um, do. I personally hated it. <laughs> it tried to wear a lot of hats. It wore so many hats. Um, it just. Oh my god! It's trying to do too many things. Uh-huh, cuz it wants to start up a Hanna Barbera um universe which is what it was going on like uh the the main villain of it isn't a Scooby-Doo villain it's Dick Dastardly which is like yeah, not him but from Wacky not, Racers like, yeah 
not not related really. Um, God, it's just oh. There's a lot going on, and I think Simon a... Pegg is in it. Uh, no, sorry, Simon Cowell is in it. Yes. <laughs> um, there's a they lot sing shallow. On. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's going Harry on there. Potter references. I just oh. It's it's oh. like hey kids, we're so cool. Remember us? We want to start a franchise, but like I don't I don't know. I enjoyed there was bits of it I found fun, and I thought there were some things that did well, but like it was it was a really it was like it's not a good film. It's a, yeah. Categorically a bad film. I would maybe say that for the old guard. Would you? That you had a good time. I really, yeah, I really. Now look, I don't know if it's a categorically bad movie or not because it's getting good reviews. Is it? Oh Um, my god, I couldn't finish it. It is. I had a lot of fun with it. It's it's a very emo movie. Mm. Like it's very angsty, very sort of teen, teen pop. you know, sort of very, you know, goth type movie. Um, but I really had fun with it. Maybe that's why I didn't vibe with it. Maybe that's uh, like that's why maybe Scoop was more my speed because I'm just not, I'm just the most optimistic and happy person on the planet. Yeah, and we all know where your maybe. mental state is now. You're like, <laughs> I really enjoyed the dark emo, um, gritty film, and I'm like, I like I like the animated puppy. The puppy was very happy. <laughs> I felt like I was 15 again watching it. Um. <laughs> There, I mean, I quite like the, the world of it. The fantasy, the lore, the mythology of the old guard is really good. Um, it's also trying to wear too many hats. It mm-hmm. tries to set up a sequel. Um, apparently, it's the first in a trilogy. We'll see how how well that goes. But that's on Netflix, so that's cheaper to watch yeah. than Scoob in the Way Back. Um, no, I tried to. I couldn't finish it. I just I I was it was mainly I was just really bored. It hadn't grabbed me from the first hour. Like it was it did it it did some cool things like the the way they set up the whole immortality thing. But like I just was not on board yeah. with it. I guess that was my issue. But yeah, I would which, say it... which I completely understand because as I say, I'm not entirely sure if it is a bad movie or not. Um, I th- and I I can easily see people being put off by it because it it goes very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. Also, that's part of its charm, at least I found. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. What, what, what? Where do you want to? Where do you want to go to next? Do you want to? Do you want to talk about our chicken run experience, or do you want to go into this lovely interview that you have here set up for us? Um, well, we were forgetting to talk about. Oh my god! <gasps> big movie. I'm shocked. You were the one I that raving pa- to talk I ran, about this. I ran. Pa- I ran past Whoa. this. I was. I was looking at all the dates, and it, just because it was a July date as well, that I was like, oh my god, I completely forgot. Yes. This- <laughs> so we we were talking about the new releases. Um, one released last week that we we said we were going to talk about, and that we managed to catch, was Hamilton on Disney Plus. Yes. Yes. That was. Um, oh my god! Did you like it? Please tell me you liked it. I- you know what? I'm not a massive theater nerd, and I didn't know a lot about Hamilton going in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was wary, um, but I have to say I really, really enjoyed it. It's so much. It's so much fun. Like there's, uh, it's a great watch. There's, it's it hits. It just it hits all the kind of like right notes for me. With like no pun intended, I guess. But like <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> it was. Um, oh man, I I I saw it at the West End uh, last October. Um, and loved it there and then kind of how does it compare how does it compare the, watching it the only on disney plus then the only thing you don't get i guess is the atmosphere and even then it kind of it, it, i feel the the great thing about thomas kale's uh direction was 
it, it managed to capture a little bit of like like the perform like the actual atmosphere of the audience but i don't know um i guess the performances are different because it's different actors apart from that it's it felt like watching it felt like watching again and having a a great time with the audience i watched it surround sound and all that and you know i mean it was great time great time yeah well what i I was going to say was um what i love about the theater is it's a very immersive experience Mm -hmm. in a way that cinema isn't yeah um and now there is this whole debate of is hamilton on disney plus a movie or not but I will say this, watching it on Disney+, Plus, it was somehow able to capture the immersive feeling of being in a theatre. Yeah, I would um, 100% agree Despite being filmed, um, and despite, by dictionary definition, being a movie, sorry guys, mm-hmm. um, it still felt like it captured the theatre experience well, I thought. Yeah, uh, so are you, are you, so um, there has been a little bit of debate about this, um, I think it's a movie. Yeah, because uh, it was. Um, I think it kind of sparked around the whole. The academy came out and said that it wasn't a movie, or according to the guidelines, that it wasn't. It wasn't a movie. But then some people were like, "Well, actually, like you like in the doc, it would maybe run in documentary, and it would be categorized as like a special." But then there's other stuff as well. Like I don't think you'd be seeing Lin-Manuel Miranda get nominated for best actor, but you'd be no. But it's um. I don't know. It's 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 an odd debate. It's it's because you're. Would you consider a film like someone going to like a an event and capture like is the Olympics um, opening ceremony a film? Well, I think I think the reason I would class this as a film is it's conveying a narrative. Okay. Through through the use of of cameras and cinematography, it's using visual language to convey a narrative. Um. And I think theater does that, but I think that that sort of fine line between theater and film is just the use of a camera. And I think that this uses a camera, so I think for that reason, I would say it's a film personally. Controversial, um, I suppose, because you had a poll on Instagram the other night. And... Yeah, so I had a poll, and like um, surprisingly, it got a lot of traction. But twenty-four people voted yes, it's a film. And then fifty-two people voted no. More than du- double. You've got people. The people in the no side are very um, categorical. I remember you asked. You asked in the group chat, um, and uh, Lee categorically went no, and then was like next. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think it's one of these things. It just comes down to what you think is a movie. Ah, uh, it's it's. I guess it's. It, I, I'm curious to see what the Academy will officially officially say about it, and Disney will probably maybe twist their arm slightly i suppose since they're yeah i suppose semi in charge at this point i'll tell you what is a movie cameron what's a movie chicken chicken run this is this is the review that you've been waiting centuries for is the review for we chicken got run. attacked for not having seen chicken run in our last episode um and we watched it we 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 called we watched it with our friend lee um and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I don't. I we were very confused at why this was held at such high regard. Um, in general, I suppose I wasn't massive on it. I guess like it wasn't like my first favorite film. I enjoyed some of the jokes, some of the puns. Every chicken related pun you could think of is in that movie. Oh, so I was gonna say I think the only thing I can say about it is I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. It was good. 
you know, and that's about it. I don't mean that in a bad way. With Ardman films, uh, I admire the craft, I guess, as well. Like, that's one of the main selling points of an Ardman film is the idea of stop-motion animation. I admire the craft of that. But, yeah, you, you, can, you can stop having a go at us, guys. I didn't love it, but there were some fun moments. I don't want to be a pie. I don't like gravy. And then hold for applause, and that's it. That's, that's the only that's the only seems to be the only line from the film anyone seems to know. Everyone seems to love it. No, it was good. I, I did enjoy it. Um now the final film we have to review is one we actually saw back in February. Yes. Called or February March time, called Lost Transmissions. Um it stars Simon Pegg. It's directed by Catherine O'Hara and it's about a music producer with schizophrenia. Now, we saw this at Glasgow Film Festival, and it's now available on digital to rent, and we you <laughs> caught up with Simon Pegg yep. at the red carpet of the film. Um, but just quickly, before we get to the interview, what did you think of the film? I um, hated it. <laughs> I really, really did not like it at all. Oh boy! It really annoyed me. I, I, can't, I can't exactly remember why. This is all going off my um, letterbox. Um, I believe I wrote something on letter. Oh no, I, I wrote an entire review about it where I thought, I thought it just, it just completely, um, show. It was like almost like what not to do if your friend has mental health issues. Like it was almost like a, it was almost like a yeah. personal public service announcement. And it felt so, like it was trying to like show off these people as like yes, well this is just this is just the way it is like this is just how I, it didn't it didn't work for me at all and what it was I, what I felt like it was trying to go for and it just annoyed yeah. me and annoyed me and annoyed me and I thought Peg's performance was fine, um, but it just the idea of it and the characters and the choices and the story they they annoyed me a great deal. I really like the first half of it. I like the setup. I like Simon Peg's performance. I like where they're going with it, but what I said in my letterbox review when I saw the film, and I think it's a sentiment that still rings true, these films often lose their focus after a while. And I think this Mm -hmm. starts firing on too many other cylinders. And I know it's based on um, Catherine O'Hara's friend, um, which you'll you'll hear her talk about that. And I get that it's coming from a very personal place. But at the same time, I think experience doesn't always translate to story. And I think that's what the film was lacking. It's it's a narrative, and there's only so much you c- of a film you can enjoy, um, before the like you know a lack of narratives really affects that's the viewing. I I personally find the issue with these kind of films, and it kind of rings true to most festival films uh, that follow the idea of drugs, mental health, or alcohol, where they just the it just falls into this rotation for like. 90 minutes to two hours where they just okay they're they're normal then they relapse then they then they then they get the addiction or the mental health issue then they re, then they get normal relapse and then they just repeat that cycle for like the yeah. entire film and it just yeah. becomes grating and annoying because you're like well i wonder which, what's gonna happen next he's just gonna get he's like you're never gonna resolve it because it's just constant there's no which of course is is i think where that that line between film and reality is is sort of hard yeah um because obviously, you know, again, it, that is how it is in real life, and it, uh-huh. it's it's obviously the I experience. Get I get. I under a hundred percent understand that that is like what happens. People keep people keep coming back and back. But it, what makes a what makes a film good, I suppose, is exactly. just watching it 
watching it play out like that is just it's un, it's not like it's like a i guess i don't want to be satisfied with these films i guess but you know what i mean like yeah, i want to exactly watch, i want to watch something good and i just felt it just didn't land there for but me, I guess. what what we'll do now is i got to speak to simon Pegg and Catherine o'hara at the glasgow film festival premiere um, it was myself, um, our friend Lee that we've spoken of, um, join Nerd Party. He does a couple of podcasts. Um, and uh, my friend Laura, who has a website, Outtake Magazine. And the three of us got to, to interview them as a sort of cluster. And what we'll do now is we'll, we'll play the interview for you um, to give you both Peg and, and O'Hara's insight on, on the film. Because it, I have to say, it is fascinating sort of hearing them chat about it and how they sort of went about it so what what we'll do is we will play that interview for you now a little bit about what inspired the story it was um inspired by something i went through with a group of friends uh, when one of our friends went off his medication for schizophrenia and it took us down the rabbit hole in los angeles for a minute and it, this is quite a departure for you so what was it that drew you to this um, I was really um, surprised to get sent the script for a start. Most mm-hmm. of the scripts I get sent tend to be in a similar frame, you know, in a similar vein, sorry. Uh, this was something that felt challenging and it was an amazing story. I, I, I was really interested in the fact that it was directed by a woman and that I hadn't done a movie directed by a woman before, which is not my choice. It's just the way things unfortunately are. So it was a real, uh, a real opportunity for me to do something different. And uh, just for, for both of you guys, obviously when you're dealing with a character like Theo who's you know, got schizophrenia and everything, as a writer-director, d- how do you sort of go about preparing that, and as an actor as well, and what are the, some of the challenges that you get with that as well? Um, well, I spoke with my friend who is schizophrenic, and he, um, you know, he's able to reflect on what he went through, and he offered a lot of insight into what... He's usually very internal, but I wrote the character to sort of externalise his thoughts more. Um, and yeah, I learned a lot about exactly what this, this, you know, what it feels like to be hearing an abundance of stimulation and sounds and connecting them to meanings of color and things like that. So ha- understanding what they were experiencing, I think, definitely helped fuel his behavior in the script and um, yeah, the ways that he'd be reacting to people. Yeah, I tried to, to, to read as much as I could about schizophrenia. To, I, I went to a hospital and. and had long conversations with people who were suffering from it or people who had experienced it. I spoke to the person, Catherine's friend, and, and got to know him and understand how he felt about his delusions when he was in the midst of it and also looking back on them. I really wanted to, 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 to go into this knowing what I was talking about, you know. It, it's very easy to, to play crazy. This, this happens a lot. It's one of the last sort of illnesses, I think, mental health, that is sort of fair game for being flippant. Um, you don't see that many films where people kind of, you know, approximate what it's like to have cancer. It's 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 a disease, you know, and it, it needs to be um, portrayed faithfully. Obviously, this is your first feature. What was the kind of the, the journey to this being your first one? Um, I'd written one before that sort of with a friend that I sort of shadowed throughout the process, so that was nice. But um, yeah, I mean, I think at a certain moment you just sort of. Pretend, you lean into it, like they say, and pretend that you can do this thing because you sort of realize there's a lot of maybe knuckleheads that are doing it anyway, so why can't you? Knuckleheads. Knuckleheads. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my 1950s terms. It's a good one. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, and then once you do that, you find that you're actually, you're, you're doing it. And so then you start to feel like you can 
And Simon, obviously you've been known for throwing yourself into roles. You've been become a marathon runner, and now you've become a musician. Yeah. What was that like for you to take that challenge on? It was great. I had to learn to sort of look like I could play the piano, and that was uh, a really interesting process. Um, it, it was about physicality, and, and I, I grew up in a very musical family, so I've been around music. It wasn't completely alien to me, but um, yeah, both the portraying the mental health aspect and the musician were both sort of challenges I really, I really relished. Good luck with the film. Okay, so that was uh, Simon Pegg and Catherine O'Hara talking about Lost Transmissions, which is out on demand now, I guess? Is that what's happening? Yeah, so it's av- it's available now. I-, I will say, it is, it's it's a different film from everything that's out right now. Yes, it's definitely much more indie and much more low-key than all the other ones. And I think it does it does do a good job of shedding light on um, schizophrenia and mental uh-huh. illness. Just not how to deal with it. Not how, not how to be a good friend. I yeah. guess. But it, yeah. It's um. Oh my god. It's, it's the the choices that the main. I'm just rethinking about some of the choices the main character makes. It's just ugh. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, we should probably wrap this up as we are it's, it, on my timeline. At least we are heading past our mark. Of, so we're not going to yeah. Um, so yes, look at so... upcoming movies. Shall I run through these really quickly for you? Yes, we have we have a few upcoming movies actually, um, which hopefully we'll talk about in in the next episode. But if you want to give us a little rundown of what's coming out, so July tenth, which is when this episode comes out, uh, we have on premium on demand we have Finding the Way Back, which we've already talked about, and Scoop, along with The Old Guard on Netflix and Greyhound on Apple TV Plus, and in America I've got written down here First Cow and Palm Springs come out. Palm Springs is on Hulu. We won't see these films in the UK for a while, I don't think, so I don't know what you're going to do about that. I suppose you could do really anything about that. Wink, wink. And then there's nothing else, literally nothing um, coming out on July 17th or even July 20th. So I don't know what we're going to talk about next time we do this in two weeks' time, but hey. And, okay, so Waste Mike's broken as well. Brilliant. So he's left me to finish this show by myself. I've been Cameron. You can find me at CamsOG on Twitter. He's been Oasis. You can find him at Oasis Oasis on Twitter. We'll be back on July 24th. So we'll see you then. Bye.